Hello and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Hardison. Joining me first time on the show, one of PFF's newest employees, the one, the only, Nick Bodiford on Twitter at N-I-C-B-O-D-I-F-O-R-D-N-F-L. Always a good guy in the mentions and now doing great work for us, specifically in some of the matchups and DFS streets. Nick, welcome to the pod, man. How's it going? Uh, it's It's going very well. I'm extremely excited to be here. Thank you, Ian. Great day to be great as always on this injury pod. I get it, everyone. It's Friday. You've already ingested your research for the week. You got some grass to touch this weekend, beers to drink, college football to worry about. Trying to go through every fantasy relevant injury in about 30, 40 minutes gets you guys ready to go for Sunday. So we are going to get right after it here. Quarterback, don't really need to worry about anything this week. Zach Wilson out with the knee. Please, for the love of God, don't tell me you're playing Joe Flacco. I mean, look, at this point in time, super flex, maybe you're desperate. No, still don't do it. Look at that Ravens defense, particularly with some of the other Jets offensive line injuries going on. Also, Dak Prescott, very good, much good to go with that ankle. Literally got listed on the injury report because he was breaking in a new pair of cleats at practice on Thursday. Nick, (laughs) this in the McCaffrey shin thing, it's like, come on, man. Like, you're making a mockery of your own damn injury reports nfl so Dak's good and it's ridiculous that we even had to bring it up where things get more interesting is at running back nick am i crazy for thinking miles sanders can go the hell off this week he's not listening on the injury report we were worried about the hamstring it's not a problem we were worried about jordan howard being re-signed he wasn't and now mm-hmm. we're in a dome against the lions defense that yeah I, I like when dan campbell talks i'm not so sure this defense is all of a sudden gonna be a juggernaut where are you at with miles sanders this week I almost wrote him up as one of the five best DFS plays this week. The The Lions, using PFF's uh, O-line, D-line matchup chart, the Lions have the single biggest matchup advantage rating at, at uh, well, I don't know if I can, can I say the rating on air? Is that all right? Yeah, this, absolutely. Okay, so it's it's at 62%, which is 13% larger than the, the next closest advantage. Um, I, you know, I think that there's still some competition in the backfield, but given this matchup, I think you absolutely start Miles Sanders and it might create a, like a thunderous sell high opportunity afterwards. Crap. Sorry, everyone. Speakers went out in my headset. Just a second as I get this fixed up. There we go again. Fantastic. With Miles Sanders, not listening to report. Now, Ty Montgomery, questionable, limited all week. I know we don't care about Ty Montgomery himself. What we do care about is Ramondre Stevenson, who everyone keeps barking about, and Damian Harris. Believe it or not, Ty Montgomery being out is not only good for Ramondre Stevenson, also Damian Harris. So right now, I have uh, basically Stevenson and Harris back-to-back. Yes, Stevenson in front in the uh, mid-tier RB3 range. If Ty Montgomery is for sure out of the pick, I'm comfortable putting them up more into the borderline RB2 types. How high are how high are you on Ramondre Stevenson, Nick? Because he really is someone that just dominated fantasy conversation the entire offseason. Yeah, I think I'm higher than you, but I think that this week we've got him ranked pretty similarly in that like borderline RB2-3 range. Uh, I like the matchup a lot. You know, again, the offense defense line matchup chart, uh, Pats are like top six there. And and I, I think Ramondre didn't earn a a fantastic uh, PFF receiving grade last year, but he did come in coming out of college into the pros. And uh, you know the the timeout thing, maybe he's there to siphon a few touches, like three limited. He's probably active, but yeah. I, we'll see. I, I like both of their prospects, though. Yeah, both both for Ramondre and, and Damian. 
Absolutely. And that's just all it is. Like, okay, I, I understand the Rondé love, but Damon Harris didn't fall into the end zone 15 times by accident last year. Both guys can be good. My goodness. Chase Evans not even listed on the final injury report after practicing in full on Thursday with that groin, fully expecting him to be good to go. He's my RB21 on the week. I would start Chase Edmonds ahead of guys like Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Ezekiel Elliott, and David Montgomery. The other dumb injury I mentioned before, Christian McCaffrey. He's fine. He got cleated in the shin. He was full on Thursday. He was full on Friday. He's not listening under report. It's I, I don't know if this was a joke or why this was even out there. So very much annoying to deal with that. But yes, McCaffrey's fine. Going to be out there with everything. Uh, Mojo, I appreciate you, man. We are going to be going through the position by position. We will get to tight ends. I will tell you right now, though, uh, with Trey McBride, if you do have Kittle and Urch right now, guys, because let's face it, those are the two really big ones out there. I've got Gerald Everett as my top waiver wire ad. That's usually available in most leagues. And then Irv Smith. I have Everett ahead of Irv because Donald Parham, the other guy that usually steals all the targets, he's actually doubtful with a hamstring injury. So Gerald Everett, someone that should be out there every single snap with Justin Herbert in a potential shoot out against the Raiders he is my favorite tight end streamer ad of the week JK Dobbins questionable with the knee he's a true game time decision Nick I don't even know why like this is a game time decision the guy's coming off an ACL how hard is it to just I don't know clearly he's not at 100% maybe don't play him in his first game if he's not 100% I have him RB 38 if he's active and that feels too low man like I do not want to start JK Dobbins no matter what but you do start to, when you're trying to rank these guys, it happens. Like for me, I think the bit better question is, cause I'm just going to be answering every single start sit with Dobbins with the other guy. Where are you ranking Mike Davis? If JK Dobbins is ultimately out, do you, or do you think Kenny Drake could actually be enough of a problem that the answer might just be no. Well, I was hyped on Mike Davis, uh, but then Rappaport today said that he just offhandedly mentioned in a, a media spot that that the team signed Kenyon Drake to be the RB1 there, which I had I, had, I didn't think that was the case at all. Um, so if that is to be believed, then I think just on touches and, and with the matchup, I think you could probably start Kenyon Drake as an RB3. Mike Davis, though, like I, I would have ranked Mike Davis as a top 36 back now. I don't know. Like, Low end RB four. I can't imagine the Dobbins plays though, as you said, ACL and like an LCL tweak. And I, I don't know what they're. I think it's just game gamesmanship stuff going on there. When the hell did they sign Kenyon Drake? Wasn't it like two weeks, August thirty first. You're telling me he's overtaken Mike Davis like nine days. Hey, no. If, 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 thank you for bringing that up. If Rapport yeah. said that, like I hear you. Okay. Mike Davis, we're done with him. It already felt gross. I already felt ridiculous talking about it. <laughs> this is enough. No, we're not going to Mike Davis well. And really, I'm not trying to go to Kenyon Drake well as well. I mean, this is – how many times can I freaking say well? Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews, Rashad Bateman, if you're freaking desperate and tight end premium, maybe Isaiah likely, but really wouldn't want to do that. That's it in the Ravens offense. Over in, yep. over, over in Washington, Brian Robinson still very much on the pup list with that gunshot wound. Antonio Gibson setting up rather nicely as the lead back. It's funny how a lot of these dead zone running backs that really we weren't fans of throughout the offseason, and we're not going to be every single week, but guys like Antonio Gibson home against the Jaguars, you know, Josh Jacobs in a potential shootout against the Chargers, even, you know, Elijah Mitchell, nice little favorite there against mm -hmm. the Bears. I do see a path to success for these guys, especially Gibson. He is my RB16 on the week. So I would play Gibson ahead of those guys, including Zeke, including Claude Edwards-Hilaire. Just really think that right now, 
he's healthy, which we didn't have last year. And Robinson is no longer a problem. So, yeah, we do need to worry about McKissick. But there is going to be a game that Washington can, you know, play with the lead with. I would think it's going to be as home favorites against the Jaguars. Do you have a favorite from that group, Nick? We talked about Miles Sanders a little bit before. I mean, it's for me, it's like one tier of those guys. From like oh, Gibson, Jacob, Sanders, Mitchell, uh, Clyde, even Zeke and Dave Montgomery. For me, I guess it's just the fact that Gibson is one of the few home favorite running backs on this slate. That that for me, and that's enough to give him a nod. Yeah, I like your process there. I, I think for me, it's probably Elijah Mitchell. I think this is the healthiest that he's going to be. And the Chicago Bears front seven lost, I think it was five starters. And uh, I, got, I put this in the matchups column. Uh, none, of, none of the Chicago Bears 2022 replacements earned better than a 64.6 PFF defense grade last season. So I think it's just going to be like the, the floodgates open for, for Mitchell there this week. Again, maybe another sell high given the, the backfield competition. Um I, I like your process with Gibson. I think I'm a little bit lower on him. Um, but, you know, Jacksonville had some some shakeups in there in their front seven, too. I, I think we'll learn a lot with that one. Mitchell, especially for any of you uh, DFSers out there, kind of in that low end 5K range. Him and Miles mm-hmm. Sanders are two of my uh, favorite tournament plays of the week there. Isaiah Spiller, Chargers running back with that ankle injury. He's good to go, but they added Sony Michelle. I mean, Kelly might still be ahead on the actual depth chart. Stay away from anyone in that backfield, not named Austin Eckler. Kenneth Walker, still not practicing with the damn hernia. I Like, what? If we get an update from Pete Carroll, what does that mean? Absolutely nothing. So, yeah. At this point in time, I think we just need to move forward, locking in Rashad Penny as the lead early down back. Now, even last year when Penny was putting together his great stretch at the end, Travis Homer, DJ Dallas, these guys were making it complicated. So where do you stand on Penny now, assuming Walker's out, Nick? I have him as an upside RB3 ahead of the Patriots backs for now, Damian Pierce, Kareem Hunt, A.J. Dillon. I still have a tough time putting Penny ahead of guys like Clyde, Zeke, David Montgomery, because, you know, let's face it, the Seattle offense, even though Russ wasn't at his best last year, you know, end of the season, he was getting closer to that. And whatever the hell version of it was, probably a little bit better than my guy, Gino, who I've been trying to defend, but come on now. (laughs) Um, So the good thing about the Seahawks is that they're going to keep running the ball, even if they're losing, which I, I think they will be badly, but um Penny is okay. So they, so they upgraded their offensive line. I think Penny's a fine RB three. I think the upside RB three thing is fine. Travis Homer will be part of the uh, passing game there. I do just to, to get some hype going here. I, I see you put in the notes in, in the Kenneth Walker section, something about Damian Pierce. And I, I did notice that um, Shaq Leonard of the Colts is out this week. Uh, I think it's a back issue. So that makes that front seven a, a lot softer. And that ticks Pierce who probably has a similar run, like carry centric, workload to penny i think that that ticks him up a couple spots that's fair and honestly after we've just completely ridden mike davis from our lives which was an awesome moment here you know five minutes ago but uh with that in mind i mean before davis i think he's 4400 4500 on DraftKings. like he was the cheapest running back you could maybe talk yourself into getting 15 touches now i do think that's damian pierce up there a little bit more at 4800 so i don't think he's even gonna be uh that chalky i'm still worried about like burkhead or even dario mm-hmm. gumbawale taking away the pass downs but hey man he, if, if there is gonna week gonna be a week where you can you know rip off five six yards per carry might as well be when Shaquille Leonard is not in the picture 
All right, let's talk some wide receivers now. Uh, Vilas Jones, doubtful with the hamstring. Yep, wasn't going to be in there to begin with. Fire up Darnell Mooney, and that's about it in the Bears passing game. Deontay Johnson's not listed with the shoulder injury. I actually love this because last year the Bengals consistently shadowed Deontay with Shadobia Wuzier, and that left Eli Apple on Chase Claypool. Now Chase Claypool is in the slot. That means Eli Apple's on George Pickens. So it's tough to get too, too behind it. The weather in Cincy is not looking good rain-wise. I know we care more about wind in the fantasy streets, but I'd rather it be dry. I don't think that's, you know, the craziest sure. thing in the world to say. So with Pickens, I've been in the 14, the 12, 14 team leagues where, you know, you just don't really have much of a choice. I would try to probably wait it out though, man. We just don't know what this target share is going to look like. We don't know what the hell the Miss Trubisky experience is going to look like. I do like Pickens in tournaments at 4,100 on DraftKings and DFS land. But honestly, like other than Deontay Johnson, who I have ranked as my wide receiver 22 behind Metcalf, behind Amonra, behind uh, DJ Moore, other than Deontay, I'm just struggling too much to try to squeeze Pickens or Claypool in the lineup right now. How do you feel? Um, I, I agree. Uh, I do think I like the kind of shout out there. Um, in terms of the shadow matchup for Deontay and like maybe, you know, in a big field tournament, you can kind of get pickings in at, at a little low cost. I think that that's a savvy move. But um, I, other than that, like, I'm just happy to start Deontay Johnson in, you know, season long formats. Cause he, he's, he's going to play, but um Yeah. Yeah, if you Sharp drafted there with the matchup, <laughs> there we go, man. Check that wide receiver column on pff.com each and every week to get those shadow date matchups there. Uh, but yeah, with Deontay, like he, he drafted him to be to be your guy here. It's tough to get behind it. I, I tough to get off him. I, I will say, man, like it's just why is Deontay Johnson getting the benefit of the doubt with Trubisky when Metcalf wasn't with Geno? It's you know maybe <laughs> maybe I'm putting Mitch uh, uh, Mitch down a little bit too much, but we'll we'll see what happens on Sunday. Jacoby Myers limited all week in practice listed as questionable with a knee injury. Now the Patriots always do this and normally I wouldn't be concerned, but he did get dinged up in the preseason and I'm not so sure we ever got, you know, full word that he's good. So either way, everything going on the Patriots right now. I mean, the report this morning about them considering scrapping their new scheme, Mac Jones being furious throughout training camp. I'm I'm not out on Jacoby for the season, but we still have questions how this wide receiver room is going to rotate with Devontae, with Kendrick Bourne, with Nelson Aguilar. Uh, Tyquan Thornton's hurt right now, but he can factor in later. So I'm, I'm not saying you need to cut Jacoby Myers, but I think it's reasonable to probably stay away from this Patriots pass game before the time being. Better news, though, Jalen Waddle did get a full practice in Thursday with that quad injury and is not listed on the injury report. So, Nick, where are you with Jalen Waddle? Because, yeah, we do have Tyreek Hill in town. With that said, still pretty damn good in his own right is Waddle. And if we can't have Mike McDaniel just kind of split these targets up just between two guys, which I don't know, shouldn't be that much to ask. Does seem like Waddle could be the sort of PPR friendly player where if we start getting some more explosive plays that he was lacking, uh, lacking in last year, might be someone that all of a sudden, after seeing Allen Robinson's performance, you know, a couple things go wrong for Deontay, Metcalf, Michael Thomas. Maybe Waddle is right back up there in the top 15 alongside uh, Tyreek. Yeah, um, the the only issue I see for Waddle is that Tyreek Hill's matchups this week are just so awesome. Like, Hill is just going to go crazy against Jalen Mills. Uh, but Waddle is a terrific player. And I I think, I mean, he set the, the rookie receptions record. Like, I think that he could just outscore Hill by, by year's end. But... Tyreek Hill this week, like I think he's going to be the monster. Yeah. 
definitely gotta keep Tyreek up there where he belongs at the top. Michael Thomas officially questionable with the hamstring. I was so ready to just get him back in there, top 20 early, but no, when he's listed as questionable, I'm moving him down into the wide receiver five range with guys like DJ Chark and Devontae Parker. Another player where maybe we would have already even, even if he wasn't listed on the injury report, like a little bit of us would probably be wondering if he was going to be on a bit of a snap count just to start the season. Uh, now I just think it's too tough to get behind. So great news for obviously Chris Olave and Jarvis Landry potentially if Thomas is as hobbled as it seems like it does make me get off Jameis Winston a little bit in terms of you know DFS tournaments and a potential streamer so are you pretty much off Michael Thomas here to Nick I mean if he if he was if he had no injury designation I think I could still treat him as maybe like an upside wide receiver three but at this point I just feel like a limited Michael Thomas looks like the most likely outcome yeah, I think he's only a, like a contrarian play. The 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 Falcons also have some pretty good perimeter corners in AJ Terrell and Casey Hayward. I low key I like this a lot for Jarvis Landry. He's projected to face D Alford, who was playing in the CFL last year, and and Alford had a good season. I think that he could, he could develop into a cool player. But it's you know welcome to the NFL against like one of the most crisp route runners in in Jarvis Landry. I, yeah, I, I I like that one for Jarvis. That's a good call. And they honestly, they just traded Gardner Johnson like a week ago. So it's not like they've been, you know, spending all, all off season, you know, prepping this dude to be the slot corner. So love that call. Jarvis Landry, our official sleeper of the week. Gotta love our friends over at sleeper fantasy, you know, in my opinion, making the best platform in the game to go host your fantasy rosters. All due respect to Yahoo ESPN. I have leagues in them too, but sleeper, just everything they're able to do with roster construction, with customized rules. Absolutely love it. So Jarvis Landry, your official sleeper of the week. Love him in, in DraftKings as well. He's really getting forgotten about. Wouldn't be surprising we look up and we see an Amon Ross St. Brown-esque, you know, eight or nine catch <laughs> that line. Drake London, questionable. Shaping up as a true game time decision after practicing in a limited fashion all week. It's a tough matchup in his own right on the other side of the field. I've also bumped London down into more of that low-end wide receiver four range, just behind players that where, you know, Devontae Smith, Hunter Renfro, Amari Cooper, maybe they have slightly lower target ceilings, but I'm just far more assured about their health at the moment. And, you know, betting on Mariota in this one, maybe not the best idea. All right, in Green Bay, Alan Lazard officially doubtful with the ankle. It's something like 95% plus of doubtful players don't end up playing. And even if he did, how could we trust him to play a full allotment of snaps at this point? So moving forward with Alan Lazard out of the picture, Christian Watson is good to go with the knee injury, though. So now this could get ugly. I think the Packers could be rotating Watson, Romeo Dobbs, and Sammy Watkins on the outside with Randall Cobb and Amari Rogers on the inside. Nick, I would rank them just in order as Watkins, Dobbs, Cobb, Watson, and Rodgers, but I don't feel good about playing any of them as great as week one Sammy Watkins has been for us other than, you know, a cheeky tournament lineup or two. I think I'm probably just going to be picking the other guy in close start sit decisions with any Packers wide receiver. Yeah, I think the only dart throw that I'm that I'm going to make is Romeo. Um, the the difficult thing with this matchup is that the, the Packers have – both of their tackles are are questionable to play with with injury and like Bakhtiari was downgraded to a DNP. Uh, the the Vikings edge rushers are significantly improved this season. Daniel Hunter's coming back, and then I'm I'm blanking on the the guy they saw. Oh, is it Darius Smith? Darius. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I think that Rodgers. I mean, I think Rodgers will like work his way to a serviceable quarterback two outing, but I think he's going to be under pressure maybe more than some folks uh, expect. And I am I'm. You know, I, I maybe I'll catch some heat from Evan Silva for this, but I am just not on Sammy Watkins. 
Hey, you, you're good, man. I will say, as you know, earlier week, you know, I wrote my quarterback column, I think, on like Monday and Tuesday afternoon. So I did have Rodgers as the best matchup of the week because it looked like that when we were thinking we had, you know, Lazard out there and potentially a pair of healthy tackles. No, with these guys questionable, I would be trying to uh, get off of Rodgers if you have a better option. And I just think we probably could see a game plan centered mostly around Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Good news, though, and we'll get to him a little bit, though, is Robert Tunyon is actually not listed on the injury report. No, I'm too. I don't want to start him yet. Let's make sure he's out there for a full allotment of snaps. But we got Robert Tunyon and Logan Thomas as guys that, if they're completely healthy, like they're going to be, you know, vying for a top 15 spot or so. And just the fact they're not in the pup and they're having legit chances, if not playing in week one, uh, it's really great news for both guys. So if you're a tight end needy roster and, you know, looking down the road, big league, big bench, Logan Thomas, Robert Tunyon might be your guys. All right, Sterling Shepard, the latest guy to just recover no problem from an Achilles injury, not even listed on the injury report. Dable called him a game-time decision like earlier in the day, and then he wasn't listed. So maybe this isn't a slam dunk, and it would be nice if it was a slam dunk because Shepard, Wandale Robinson, Kenny Galladay, and Kadarius Toney, one of these guys could be the odd man out. Maybe it's the mannequin. Maybe it's Shepard. Maybe it's the rookie (laughs) wide receiver. I feel like Toney is the only one, Nick, that I'm at all interested in playing this week, and even then it's just like more of a borderline wide receiver three for me i know the talent is there but it's still daniel jones and it's just it's a weird pecking order right now luckily though tony is not listening on the final injury report so he's good so how are you kind of treating these giants uh this giants offense or is it just saquon barkley and screw everyone else definitely saquon barkley but as i mean so the fear that you feel everyone is feeling and so i i think that that creates opportunity for for tony and wandale robinson but again what we're talking about there is like purely contrarian lineups and if you if you think you're really really down in a season-long format then like okay it's tony just just bank on him ripping a long one but i we i think we do need to kind of learn from from this week one before we're making any bold proclamations Similar sentiment with the Packers. I just think there's too much. And there's injured guys here. There's more than three that are probably going to be rotating. Just just let's get our bearings and we'll we'll move on to next week and see what happens then. Juju Schmidt Schuster is good to go with the knee injury locked in. As the highest-ranked Chiefs receiver, him and Marquez Valdez-Scaling should be in two wide receiver sets. I have Juju as my wide receiver 30 behind guys like Brandon Cooks and Adam Thielen ahead of Rashad Bateman and Christian Kirk. I will say, man, uh, that Allen Robinson performance last night, it's made me really think a lot more about Juju, you know, maybe if he looks washed and uh, he ends up being washed. So not to, not to completely slam the door on the Allen Robinson uh, situation. I'd like to actually see him get, you know, six, seven targets and still not do anything before we're completely out in the guy there. Uh, just something to keep in mind with Juju. Rondale Moore out with the hamstring. It happened in the middle of the week, man. Two guys that I've, I bet if I look at my underdog exposure that I've had the most drafts, a wide receiver, Tim Patrick and Rondale Moore. And damn it, I'm just not even getting a clean bill of health uh, about that. But you know what? No one wants to hear about that anyway. Apologies. Let's focus on the present. Rondale Moore, he is out. DeAndre Hopkins is suspended. If you... Have If you have Marquise Brown on your bench, I need you guys to join a real fantasy football league. That's not four people because he needs to be in every single starting lineup out there. Like, Nick, that's not an exaggeration, right? I don't think you need more than two hands to rank the number of wide receivers you should have ahead of Hollywood Brown this week. Yeah, I think I think one can make the case that he deserves to be in the top 12. Uh, this yeah. is like rocket ship week. Uh, if you're looking for a deep cut, maybe, maybe Greg Dortch, but, you know, we'll see. 
how many guys would have to get injured for Andy Isabella to get on the field at this point? Like, is it, it's just impossible. It's the, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the, the limit doesn't exist type of shit going on here. So uh, absolutely brutal, but that's just the Arizona Cardinals offense at this point. Hopefully Kyler can overcome or just run around, man. Keep doing you. Michael Gallup officially ruled out with the knee injury, but he was able to practice throughout the week. So that's just, you know, encouraging that he does seem to seemingly have a chance of returning as early as week two. I mean, he, Dude, he told us in like early August, like I'm de- like week one just isn't realistic. Like I-, I don't know when he said that, I was thinking November or something. And I was like, oh, week two, hell yeah, Michael Gallup. I mean, I think uh, if we would have known this was possible, might have been a bit higher on those draft boards. For now, though, it's Noah Brown and Jalen Tolbert flanking uh, C.D. Lamb in three wide receiver sets. I wouldn't be too hyped to play Jalen Tolbert this week. You know, showdowns, okay, you're gonna have to play all these guys, but I am thinking that Noah Brown is in two wide receiver sets. Maybe we see more. Pop- Jake Ferguson. Let's get our bearings here. I mean, come on. Like, it's hard to rank Jalen Tolbert more than like a boomer bus wide receiver five, wouldn't you say? I, yeah, totally. I do, you know, chaos is a ladder though. And so I think that stashing Brown and Tolbert is, is smart yeah. in, in redraft formats. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very tough to start, especially against this defense. Like, Jalen Tolbert, welcome to the NFL with Sean Murphy Bunting. <laughs> Chaos is a ladder, man. I I like the way you talk, Nick. All right. Chris Goblin, questionable with the knee injury. Game time decision. They play on Sunday night. You cannot start Chris Goblin. They're saying it's going to come down to the very end. And like all these other injured guys that we're talking about, even if Chris Goblin had been full all week, not listed, I would still pretty much expect him to not have his usual full allotment of snaps. So impossible to trust Chris Goblin this week. You know, I'm moving him so far down the rankings that you just should not be even thinking about it. So Russell Gage also questionable with the hamstring. He did manage to practice all week, though. Tentatively expecting him to be out there on that. But again, it's Sunday night, man. We don't know. So if it is a close decision between Russell Gage and someone else, I would take the other guy. That includes Julio Jones. If Goblin and Gage are out. I mean, Nick, like, where could Julio be here? We might be looking at Julio Jones and Mike Evans as Tom Brady's top two pass game options in the year 2022. What a time to be alive. Yeah, we, we might be looking at that. And I, you know, uh, if week one, similar in theory, I guess, to Stafford's elbow, like, it's the healthiest they'll be all year. So yeah. give it a shot. <laughs> I, I would say, again, if we get Goblin confirmed out and Russell Gage out or limited, Julio Jones, all of a sudden, I think you can put him with guys, you know, like Devontae Smith, uh, Amari Cooper, maybe even Christian Kirk. Whew, it's wild. This is going to be I'd awesome. Put him I'm, three. Put him I'd three. Put him three on that list. Yeah. Three. That's fair. Good range, though. All right. KJ Hamler still limited with the knee and hip. He already came back and played in the preseason, though. So I think he's going to be suiting up there Monday night. I don't think you guys can start him yet in season long. It's very likely it's going to be Sutton and Judy and two wide receiver sets, and we could see. A lot of tight ends, multi-running back sort of formations, but stash this guy. I mean, you know, I was talking about in the preseason, some of the usage, like he was so wide open on this fourth and one play action they ran. And I think his, you know, we, we see how ADP moves in the preseason. Guys score a meaningless touchdown and we know it's meaningless. And the guy jumps up, uh, you know, two rounds by the time Monday comes around. So Hamler, I would get off the waiver wire like today if you have a chance, because by this time next week, if he has the snaps and he's fully healthy and God forbid he reels in one moon ball, he's going to be someone, you know, on the cover of every waiver wire article 
Before we get to tight ends, everyone just want to read a few ads for you guys. Got to get those sponsors what they want. Most notably, PFF now has an app. You can get access to our industry-leading fantasy football advice, PFF's exclusive betting dashboards, the latest premium football analysis, all in the palm of your hand. The app is free to download and use until the 2022 season starts. And when you sign up, leave us a five-star review with your 2022 Super Bowl prediction and final score, and we'll share the best ones on the show. Also, the NFL's opening week was action-packed, and it's just getting started. That's actually a DraftKings read for next week, so that's fantastic. How about Symbol, though? Our newest partner in revolutionizing the world of sports betting and fan engagement by making sports fandom profitable. That company is Symbol, the stock market for sports. Symbol was a PFF sponsor last year, and they're back for this football season. Symbol lets you trade pro and college teams like stocks and even earn cash dividend payouts when your teams win. Symbol took the thrill of sports betting and combined it with the profitability of the stock market to give you a platform where fortune favors a fan. Download the Symbol mobile app for iOS by searching S-I-M-B-U-L-L in the App Store and use code Ian to receive a free team stock value up to $150 upon signing up. The PFF team is even getting into Symbol market themselves this season. Create a free account. Enter code Ian to get a free stock value up to $150 and compete against the PFF forecast podcast this season on Symbol. Tight end, main event here, everyone. Appreciate everyone tuning in on YouTube, Twitter, however you're listening to us today. George Kittle, not practicing all week with the groin. Listed as questionable. Need, need, need to find an emergency option. And honestly, if Kittle plays, it's going to be very tough to really trust him to be going out there and getting his usual allotment of snaps. So I would say on the waiver wire, the potential guys that are usually available, Gerald Everett, Irv Smith, David Njoku's there. If he is available, I think he's usually owned in more leagues. And Albert O is also on that list. So in my rankings, I have, let's see, there's Goddard, there's Knox, oh well, Hawkinson. After after them, I'm after Hawkinson, I'm willing to go Gerald Everett, Irv Smith, probably Pat Fryermuth is right there, and David Njoku. Nick, thoughts on those guys? Is there another streamer that you think people should be targeting for Kittle and or Zach Ertz lineups? Uh, the, the guy that I that I just want to talk about, I very much agree with, is Albert O. Um, this, I, I know this is kind of a narrative street thing, but it's important to remember that Denver jettisoned Noah Fant with the idea that Albert O is ready. This is a grudge match with Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll. And the team is going to want to try to prove I'm, you know, it's a little rude, but like Noah fan, we don't need you. We have him. I Albert O I think is the most likely guy to do something meaningful in, in the tight end spot. Now with the preseason usage, it's totally risky, but you know, okay. What you take a, a two point in, in the, in the tight end spot anyway. Okay, great. You, you have Dawson Knox. What is it at, right? Like, this is the dude who I think can go crazy of this bunch. And as bad as the preseason usage was, we have had positives since then. Greg Dolchich is on the pup list. He's missing at least the first four games of the year. And Eric Tomlinson, a blocking tight end that was contributing to some of that terrible usage, he got cut and then, like, re-signed the practice squad, which, okay, he could very well be out there, but – you know, Alberto at least wasn't cut and then resigned. Like small victories these days for Alberto Truthers. I get it. But yes, at least for right now, while Dolce is out of the picture, Alberto is on the streamer map. So again, Gerald Everett, because we love just I love Justin Herbert. You love Justin Herbert. Everyone loves Justin Herbert. Without Donald Parham, who is another guy on this list, he is doubtful with a hamstring injury. Should be an every down role there. And then Irv Smith getting that Tyler Higby role, which got him freaking 10 targets somehow last night. Man, I thought I was, I mean, well, okay, I was having a few drinks last night, but when I saw that stat, I was like, my God, maybe I should have had a few less at this point. I did not realize that. Gerald Everett, Irv Smith, Albert O, those are your big three streamers to replace Kittle or Zach Ertz. Ertz is questionable. Coach Clem. 
Coach Cliff Kingsbury, quote-unquote, hopes Ertz can play Sunday, quote-unquote, in some manner. So Ertz, I'm not trusting. Kittle, I'm, I'm not. We can't do it, Nick, even if you no. play. Can't do it. No. Can't do it. Get Ertz, get Kittle, get him out of the lineups. That's why I like having you here, man. Like sometimes I'm doing these solo pods by myself and I'm just, you know, running my mouth crazy and all the listeners are probably screaming at me. Now I can bounce things off. I'm my here to validate. <laughs> Logan Thomas, questionable with the knee injury. Robert Tunyon is uh, in the exact same uh, kind of group of him. Robert Tunyon actually isn't listed, but either way, we can't trust either of these guys. This is their first game back from an ACL. It would make all the sense in the world if they're eased back into action. Once again, Gerald Everett, Irv Smith, these are the guys that you should be starting ahead of anyone like this. But with that said, Logan Thomas, once he's out there, legit Washington, as frustrating as their running back usage is, they give their tight ends an every down role, unlike any other offense in the league. So deeper tight end needy rosters, Logan Thomas, Robert Tunyon, those are all your stashes one more darren waller not listed with a hamstring injury he is actually now locked in as a top four tight end and yeah we already knew that nick what are you gonna say well on the logan thomas thing i'm very he- i'm especially hesitant with him as you pointed out washington likes to deploy one tight end at a time he had acl i think mcl pcl and double meniscus oh. tear i think he's a long way out and they don't like you said they don't like to rotate their guys so i'm i'm very hesitant on 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 logan thomas but waller he's going to eat oh yeah dude that is all that happens like in it was a later season acl tear too i yeah. remember when it happened it was horrendous and all of a sudden man let's see Will Deontay Johnson be limited? If so, should I start Bateman over him? I would still go Deontay over Bateman, man. I don't think that there's any reason to go that low. And I'm high on Bateman as well, but it's still Deontay Johnson we're talking about. All right, Nick, before we get out of here, what are your overall thoughts on Cam Akers? When Sean McVay was asked about his involvement in the game, he said, we really just didn't get much of a rhythm tonight. And he also mentioned he wanted to get Allen Robinson more involved in the offense. So it does... I mean, it's hard to ignore the stats that Daryl Henderson put up. Legit workhorse numbers, the sort of workhorse numbers he had last year before he got injured in the first place. But I really don't think Sean McVay was just straight up lying to all of us the entire offseason about believing the two lead backs. And I would like to think the entire Rams beat wasn't completely off base. I mean, maybe Henderson was just a little bit healthier. Look, you can't start Cam Akers for the time being. I'm not panic dropping Akers, though, at this point. And yeah, I get it. Didn't look very explosive, but they're also D lineman in his face pretty much a step after he got the ball. Overall thoughts on Akers Henderson last night? I, I have faded Akers all offseason uh, because I, I just think it's, I don't think we've yet seen someone successfully return from the Achilles. And and what he did last year is incredible. But like Dr. Edwin Porras likes to say, what we saw last year might just be what he is. And that, that said, it, it was a very stout defensive front. They were getting pressure with with four down linemen. So hey, maybe there is something left, uh, you know, in the bottle here. But I, for me, uh, I like Darrell Henderson a lot. And uh, but but Ky- Kyron Williams, I think he had a high ankle sprain. So Acres might have like six weeks of opportunities to to just get volume. And I, so I wouldn't drop him either. Bench stash him fine. But I do think that that Henderson is is the guy to to roster in this backfield. Yeah, Henderson. You know, I it's one of those things where 
I'm not a huge fan of victory lapping, period, Nick, because I feel like when you do that, then people are just going to go search for your faults. I'd rather just move on and, you know, worry sure. about what's uh, next. But it is funny for me with all the Henderson victory laps. Like, was there anyone out there that was saying Henderson wasn't a good value, like going outside the top 40 running backs? Like, uh, I, I just thought he, like, checked all the boxes. And I guess my uh, standpoint, and then I, you know, I'll take I'll take the mini L on just acres. And he wasn't someone I was going on my way to get in every draft. But I thought sometimes when he was falling to legit round five, round six if i was going to dip my toes in the rb dead zone pool which wasn't often i will i will get acres every now and then because it just seemed like that this sean McVay role for better and for worse whoever has it usually gets featured and we did see that happen last night so it sucks to think about the fact that if you guys have cam acres you might have used a fifth round pick on now what's a handcuff running back but that's what it is, man. If we had to reassess everything right now, Cam Akers like probably would, you know, if we flip their spots, okay, Cam Akers is still someone you probably want to have on your roster. So we need to realign our expectations with this. It's not pretty, but let's not rage cut the guy. Uh, that's just yeah. not exactly sound decision-making. So that's going to wrap up everything. Nick, great job, my friend. Great to have you on here. He'll be back each and every, probably each and every Friday throughout the year. You know, sometimes we all have places to be. You can follow Nick on Twitter again at Nick Botiford NFL. I'm at iHeartIt's in. Yeah, everyone, we'll be uh, actually back Sunday night. Myself and former co-host Dwayne McFarland. He will be back with me on Sunday night. Love Dwayne. He'll have you know plenty to tell you guys about the big move that obviously got announced this week. But, you know, obviously we couldn't be happier for Dwayne and I'm happy I still drag his ass back here every Sunday. So that'll be a good time. Won't be actually doing an actual Sunday morning stream on Start Sits. I know I've talked about that, but that's only because I think I'll be able to help out more of you and be faster if I just type it from Twitter. With that said, I know it's annoying as hell when people have me on notifications and I'm responding to a lot of start sets. So I made a PFF fantasy football community. Very easy on Twitter. It's my pen tweet. If you guys want me to answer some of your start sit questions, maybe, you know, whatever else you want to worry about in life, go join the PFF fantasy football community. I was able to answer, you know, 50 plus start sit questions last night before Thursday night football without pissing off, you know, a bunch of just random people on the interwebs of Twitter. So PFF fantasy football community, very excited to get this going. Maybe even coax some other PFF personalities in there to come help you guys out as well. And yeah, let's go win some freaking championships. So for Nick, I'm Ian. Thanks as always for tuning in to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. Until next time, take care, everybody.